Pushkin. You can find inspiring stories almost anywhere. For instance, check out the co-founders of Girls Who Do Interiors. This Miami-based design company was started by three friends when they were still in school. And right from the start, they turned to Chase for Business for everything from banking and payment acceptance to credit cards. And they handle them all in one place with the Chase mobile app. It's so important to have that kind of help when you're just starting out. Learn more at chaseforbusiness.com. Make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank N.A. member FDIC. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Spati Kirsten Arula, and I wrote, America's greatest hidden treasure was found, so why are people still looking for popular mechanics? And it's the story of the week. This week's story is about a treasure hunt. So before I did my interview, I immediately called my good friend Chris Harris, who is a very successful TV writer, but more importantly to me right now, is an expert at treasure hunts. Chris Harris, thank you for taking the time. I know you're very, very busy right now. <laughs> this is between picketing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got my 2 to 4 uh, p.m. shift at uh, the Fox lot, uh, walking around carrying a sign. This will be much more civilized. And we had the same job in college together, writing a humor column. I continued that job, whereas you had an incredibly successful career writing for Letterman, How I Met Your Mother. Um, yeah. But most importantly, you did a show called The Goodwin Games, um, oh. which is why I wanted to talk to you. And it's based on this thing you love to do, which I believe you're the one who got me to do this in college. I stayed up all night one night. Yes. And we drove around the Bay Area looking for clues. You know, I'm realizing I drove my station wagon. I probably, you chose me because I could fit a lot of people in my car. <laughs> and th 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 there is sometimes a utilitarian component to that. Yeah, it was a 24-hour nonstop hunt, driving around, trying to solve uh, a clue that tells you where to go next. You've uh, taken me to like the modern version of this, which is the escape room. The escape we, room, yes. Which yes. I did with your family and my son, and we felt so stupid. Y your oh my kids God, would just yeah, walk no. up to something on the wall and be like, oh, clearly Botswana. And we'd be like, what? It's a picture of a cow. What is going on? <laughs> and the Goodwin Games was about a guy. I watched all of them, so yes. I know. is a guy who died. And for his will, he asked his kids to kind of do yes. one of these hunts. Yeah. And it was about three adult siblings coming back together after their father's death because he knew that they were each broken in some way. And he was hoping that through these games and puzzles, they would sort of find their way. And instead, it ended up breaking us because uh, the head of Fox at the time hated the That's game right. aspect of it. 
hated it. Right. You but never getting... told us. Always, always told us, guys, I love the game. And then would go behind the scenes and tell everyone else, I hate the game. Literally, the title is the Goodwin Games. Yeah. And we were told less games, less games, less games. Do you mean no games? Because we can just turn it into something else. Do you think he was uh, right in that viewers weren't interested in the game part? Uh, it's hard to say how how much interest there is in in solving yeah. puzzles among the yeah. general population. Every once in a while, people will try to come up with, a, oh, here's a book. And if you solve everything in it, there's a million dollar prize. And no one ever seems to really care. Except for this one, you know, the Forrest Fenn one, huge. And went on for a very long time. And it's amazing. All right. We're going to go tell that story now. Can't wait to hear it. Writing is hard. Who's got that kind of time when you're already busy trying to be Joe Stein? So he turns on a mic, maybe twiddles a knob, calls a journalist friend who's got an actual job. Auditory, single story, just listen to smart people speak. Conversation filled with information, it's the story of the In 2010, a man named Forrest Fenn hit a chest with more than a million dollars worth of treasure inside. He gave clues about where the treasure might be hidden in his memoir, which set off what has been called by some the greatest treasure hunt in American history. Svati Kirsten Narula wrote about it for Popular Mechanics. Svati, thank you for doing this. Your story is about so many people, but to me, it's mostly about Forrest Fenn. Who is that dude? He is an eccentric art dealer. He really cultivated this this air of being like a swashbuckling, not rebel, but so, someone who didn't necessarily follow the rules and someone who was very yeah. adventurous. Which was true, right? Kind of like Indiana Jones-ish. He always has that fedora on. For the most part, yeah. He lived an adventurous life. He was in the Air Force. He went to a lot of different places when he was young. And then he somehow became an art dealer. Yes. But that kind of like Western art dealer, I'm picturing like, oh, those statues of guys on horses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that kind of thing plus so much more. Forrest Fenn's house was just like a museum. There were artifacts in there from King Tut's tomb, you know, like a smoking pipe from Sitting Bull, all of this crazy stuff. Fenn was investigated by the FBI in 2009 because mm. they suspected that a lot of it had been looted, but nothing came of it. And then so he he gets cancer at some point. Yeah, so he had cancer in the 80s. And he came up with this idea to hide this treasure chest, and it's a literal treasure chest, in his favorite spot out in the mountains. So the whole idea was that he was going to lay down and die of this cancer next to his treasure. And then he wanted people to come look for the treasure, but they'd essentially be robbing his grave. Why? What motivates someone to do this? I think wanting to leave a legacy, because ultimately the cancer did not kill him. And later he decided, you know what? I'm not going to wait to die. I'm going to go ahead and hide this now. And I want to be alive and watch people search for the treasure. And when he did oh. that, he said his motivation was to get people outside. You know, Forrest Fenn was someone who loved the great outdoors, had a, a lifelong love of fishing and hunting and things like that. And he wanted to inspire more people to get off their couches and go explore. I like when you call it the great outdoors. <laughs> not just the outdoors, but the great outdoors. They are great. <laughs> so he decides, even though 
it's not going to be next to his body. He's going to bury this treasure. And it looks, what does this thing look like? It's an actual chest, right? It's an actual chest. And he told one of his friends at the time, Douglas Preston, that he thought what was inside of it was worth about a million dollars. What's inside of it? Uh, rubies, other jewels, regular artifacts. Um, he also had something inside of it that was purported to be his autobiography. Uh, that was something that people really seized on and were looking forward to seeing. But he published... Which is like an unpublished autobiography? Yes. Oh, so this would be like the only copy of it? Yeah. Like the Wu-Tang album that Martin <laughs> Strickelli, uh bought? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So he's got his autobiography plus a bunch of jewels. And it, it looks like one of those like Dungeons and Dragons like metal chess. Totally. But I would imagine that if some art dealer in New Mexico buried a chest, no one would care. I mean, how do you get people interested in this? Well, he wrote a memoir about it. He wrote a book called The Thrill of the Chase. Not the one in the chest. No, this is a different one. He self-published a book called The Thrill of the Chase. um, And that was like the map to the treasure. Basically, there was a poem in it. And the poem had all the clues. We have a recording of this poem read by Mm -hmm. Forrest Van himself. I'm excited to hear it. Are you going to play it now? Yeah, we've got the technology. If you've been wise and found the blaze... Look quickly down, your quest to cease. But tarry scant with marvel gaze, just take the chest and go in peace. So why is it that I must go and leave my trove for all to seek? The answers I already know, I've done it tired and now I'm weak. So hear me all and listen good, your effort will be worth the cold. If you've been brave and in the wood, I give you title to the gold. Okay, I think I got it. I think it's in the Misty Mountains. Oh, well, wrong. <laughs> he sounds like Gollum a little bit, doesn't he? <laughs> I don't know what he sounds like. <laughs> Is that considered a good poem or that's not even the point? I haven't even thought about it. Um, it's a fine poem, I suppose. Okay. It's fine. It rhymes. I like <laughs> yeah. rhyme. There you go. And so why do people even believe he really hid this thing? One thing you have to remember about this whole thing is that Forrest was extremely credible. It was not hard to believe that, A, he actually owned all this treasure and put it in a chest, and B, that he actually hid it somewhere in the mountains. I'm just realizing, is is he have a wife and kids who are, like, not getting their, like, inheritance because it's all being buried somewhere? I don't think this is even, like, a tenth of Forrest's fortune. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. I think he had so much else. If your parents took a tenth of what they have and buried it somewhere, you'd be cool with that? Um, yeah, they, yeah, I would. It's just a tenth I think I of would it, too. right? Yeah. yeah, right? Yeah. It's like tax. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so he writes this mediocre at best poem mm-hmm. in uh, a, a self-published memoir. Mm-hmm. How many people wind up looking for this treasure? Um, the psychology professor named Alan King estimated it was 400,000 people. No way. four hundred. That's more than the population of Cincinnati. There's no way 400,000 people were looking for this. I believe it. Think about it. I mean, this went on for about 10 years. And in that time, I mean, especially with all the media attention it got, um, one of the people I spoke to this, for this story, he found out about it reading an airline magazine Imagine if you, in 2015, were on an airplane and you read about this and you realize, huh, people have been looking for this for half a decade. It's treasure. It could change my life. And it's just out there in the wilderness for anyone to find. Here's here's a hole in your theory. When 
Have you ever read an airline magazine article and it caused you to do something? <laughs> I don't know. Probably a lot of times. Come yeah. on. Southwest used to have a great airline magazine. I miss them so much. I do too. Okay, so what is going on a hunt for Forest Fen's treasure look like for most people? For most people, it's a lot of time online. They're on message boards. They're on Reddit forums. Oh, so it's collaborative. It's People collab- are working together? Yeah. Oh, okay. And that was kind of an interesting part of this. I think it was really important for people to get info on where others had looked already. Because once you made the decision to actually go search physically for the chest, uh, it was an investment. So it was really important for them to like learn from each other and, you know, hear someone say, yeah, I went to this river. I went to this fishing hole. I didn't see any sign of it. But but after you parse all the clues and look things up online, you still have to go on an adventure physically in the world. Mm-hmm. They're going in canoes. They're like going helicopters. What are people doing? No helicopters that I know of. Um, A lot of rental cars being abused. They would learn after a couple of trips, like, oh, we need to spring for the rental car with four-wheel drive. Always good advice. Yeah. Um, Some people were just going out for essentially day hikes. Other people found themselves hiking 16 miles at a time. Other people found themselves nearly drowning in rivers and needing to call search and rescue services. Um, Yeah, there was one guy... He got so committed to it. I mean, he ended up in jail one night after searching for the treasure because there are certain things you're not allowed to do in national parks. Um, And he got in big trouble. You can't go in certain places. And, you know, they told him at a certain point, like, don't come back here. And he came back. And that's how I think he ended up in jail. So, okay, of all these searchers, what's their relationship like with Forrest Fenn? It's weird to have someone alive who knows the answer. Like, do they, totally. they must be bothering him. Yeah, totally. You know, Forrest was willing to communicate with people about this. He used to sort of hold court in this bookstore in Santa Fe, and people would come visit him and talk to him. And, you know, he really seemed to relish having people come. You know, he was a celebrity. He was like a little local celebrity and then a national celebrity. And people would come visit him and try and talk to him about the hunt. You know, you would say something like, I'm going to go look here to look for the treasure. And he he would just like wink at you. And then people would think, oh, he's confirming my suspicions. Oh, he becomes like an oracle for his own prediction. Oh, that's so interesting. And he kept publishing things on his own website where he would say, you know, hi, everyone. Just here's a, you know, a story from my childhood about fishing. And people would think that there were clues in that. Wait, were there? Were those clues? I, I don't think so. But people thought they were. Of course they would. Yeah. So he is just loving his fame. I think so. I mean, it's a little bit twisted. And and one of the reasons why when I was reporting on this, it was frustrating. I think the whole thing is frustrating. I think Forrest just like drove people crazy. And it, it, it was something that was hard for me to relate to. You know, when you you think about all the searchers who are hanging on his every word and trying to draw connections between the cinnamon in his spice cabinet and the fact that maybe one of them had emailed him that they were going to look in Cimarron, New Mexico, you know, and they thought, oh, that's a clue. Like, I can't relate to that. What seems so weird to you? The obsessiveness and the, like, grasping for things that aren't really there. Oh, like a conspiracy theory kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, this is going to sound silly, but one thing I thought about a lot while I was working on this story 
is how similar Forrest Fenn is to Taylor Swift. Do you know how, like, Taylor Swift's fans are sort of obsessed with finding, like, secret clues whenever she, like, paints her nails a certain color or she, like... No. You don't know about this? Oh, I don't know about this. This is what I'm supposed to know about? This <laughs> yeah. is what I'm getting judged for? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry, I don't know what happens when Taylor Swift paints her fingernails. Hundreds I'm a 51-year-old man. I barely know who she is. Was she a country singer? <laughs> I'm I have a huge no idea. Taylor Swift fan, but I can't stand Taylor Swift's fandom. Millions of people will try to decode the fact that her nail polish was purple and say mm. it means that her next album is going to be this. People just making crazy predictions yes. out of nothing. And she plays into it. I don't understand why people are reading things that don't exist. They're so desperate for more information about the future. So these 400,000 people, you think they have a very specific psychology? Uh, you know, they're persistent. They enjoy problem solving. They enjoy riddles and puzzles. I mean, one of the guys that I talked to a lot for this story was someone named Ryan Bavetta. Okay, what's, what's Ryan like? I mean, he's a pretty normal guy, I would say. Okay. He has a wife and kids. He lives in California. He's an MIT graduate. He worked for Google at one point in his life. Uh, like an engineer type? Yep. He's an engineer. And, you know, when he started working on this treasure hunt, by that point, by 2018, some people had sort of devoted their lives to searching for this treasure full time. Wait, full time? Yeah. Like a job? Yeah. And Ryan Bavetta was like, I'm not the type of guy who's going to start doing this full time. So I'm just going to look at it. I'm going to see what I can do. I'm going to maybe take one or two trips to search once I feel like I have a good idea of where it could be. And that's it. I'm going to be chill about it, you know? So what were these trips like that he took? Uh, it sounds like they were really fun, actually. Oh. He went to Yellowstone twice, and then he went to New Mexico once. You know, he, like many other searchers, had read about these places in Fenn's books. And... I think even without the forest fence story, the first time you go to Yellowstone National Park, yeah, you're going to be impressed. Okay, yeah. You're going to have yeah. fun. And then to have a purpose that is driving you to go into a part of the park that maybe other people haven't explored, that's just exciting. Yeah. So it can be fun, but uh, is it dangerous for other people or is it always just a good time? Um, I mean, it can be dangerous, Five people died. Five people died looking for this treasure. Yeah. How? Uh, you know, this okay. stuff happens going out in the backcountry, especially by yourself. Right, like drowning or frostbite or drowning, falling. frostbite, getting yeah. lost, dehydration. Yeah. Um, yeah. So five people died. Does Forrest Fenn think about calling this whole thing off he when that did. happens? did, yes. So in 2019, he seriously considered calling it off. Okay. He was getting um, pleas from law enforcement in various states, including New Mexico, to call it off. Wait, why? They were sick of people dying and looking for people who were uh, in danger. Yeah, and then people are getting more intense about bothering him, too, right? For yes. answers. Yeah, someone had sent him a letter theorizing that his granddaughter was the treasure. And so that oh, person no. was sort of threatening to kidnap his granddaughter. Oh. Multiple people broke into his house. Multiple people broke into his house? Yeah. This is directly from the email that Forrest wrote. He says, I quote, okay. 
Another searcher kicked a door down to gain access to my property. He then shattered a glass door with an axe and was removing a wooden chest when my daughter and I held him at gunpoint until the SWAT team arrived. My daughter and I? This whole family's badass. My God. Wait, my favorite part of the email is is there's another chest in his house. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there are plenty. He's just got chests everywhere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did anyone ever come close to finding this treasure? People did. um, And at one point, Forrest even wrote, I know someone has been within 500 feet of the chest. Oh. And you can guess how crazy people went when they saw that, you know? Oh, yeah. They're like, who was it? There's just a lot, a lot of speculation there. And then someone finally found it. When we return, we'll find out why the search didn't end, even though the treasure had been found. But first, our advertisers are going to offer you great treasure you don't even have to leave your house for. God, we're soft. You can find inspiring stories almost anywhere. For instance, check out the co-founders of Girls Who Do Interiors. This Miami-based design company was started by three friends when they were still in school. And right from the start, they turned to Chase for Business for everything from banking and payment acceptance to credit cards. And they handle them all in one place with the Chase mobile app. It's so important to have that kind of help when you're just starting out. Learn more at chaseforbusiness.com. Make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank N.A. Member FDIC. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. So it's June of 2020 when someone finally found it. And Fen uh, released a photo of the chest. Um, oh, is there like a huge ceremony, like at the end of Star Wars? No, that would have been great. So people must be disappointed. There, there's so many people doing this full time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredibly disappointed. People described yeah. like crushing grief. Like they couldn't believe it. Right. The whole purpose of your life has been looking for this thing. Yeah. And now it's it's over. Yeah. It's like if they just got rid of the NFL, like the whole country would be lost. <laughs> Some of us would celebrate. 
<laughs> okay, so who finds this chest? So it took a long time for everyone to know who this person was. It, it came out that it was an anonymous person from back east. And everyone was like, who, who is this? And what Ryan Bavetta told me, the Google engineer guy, he actually was relieved. Ryan was someone who more just wanted to solve the puzzle. And so when he found out that someone had found it, he was like, great, we're going to get the answer soon. This is going to like oh, sure. soothe yep. my brain. Yeah. Think about this anymore. There's that itch, right? Exactly. That you need scratch. Yeah, I get that. Exactly. Yeah. So he was like, great. Um, and then he started to get a little impatient because all they knew was it was an anonymous person from back east. Apparently, yeah. Forrest Fenn kept saying, all will come out in due time. And they kept thinking, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. And then Forrest Fenn died. Oh, before he announced where the chest had been. Mm-hmm. Do you suspect foul play? I've not heard anyone speculate that he was murdered. Heard okay, but this is a podcast. So, <laughs> so we have to talk about murder on the podcast. Right? It would help. It would help. Yeah. The most popular conspiracy theories seem to be more along the lines of Forrest knew he was going to die. And he wanted it to be found before he died. And so he chose someone to help. Do you buy that? Not really. So no one knows who found it. So we do now. So the person met with Forrest Fenn, but then I think he decided to stay anonymous. Unfortunately for this anonymous finder, someone else in the search community filed a lawsuit asserting that, you know, whoever found it must have hacked into her computer and stole her solution to the poem. Uh, this is a stupid law. This is stupider than the Gwyneth Paltrow skiing law. <laughs> it, yeah, it does sound stupider than that. For whatever reason, something about the lawsuit made it clear to the person who found the chest that his identity was going to come out. And so to sort of head that off, in December, he reveals himself on Medium.com. Um, who is it? Well, he doesn't, he doesn't give his name at the time. Ugh. So he's trying to stay anonymous, which really upset people. He said, um, I'm aware some people hope this lawsuit will reveal what the clues in the poem meant and where the treasure was located. But I feel a responsibility to keep that a secret. So people were like, what the heck? Yeah. Why would he not want to tell people where it was? At that point, it wasn't quite clear. His name did come out. His name is Jack Stoof. And he is from Pennsylvania. Ryan Bavetta actually was one of the people who sort of helped figure out who Jack Stoof was based on, you know, some Reddit posts that matched up. There was like a little separate treasure hunt to figure out who found the treasure hunt. Exactly. This became its own thing. Yeah. Was there treasure in there? Oh, yeah. The treasure was real. And this past November, Stoof put it up for auction. And he hmm. said, I've never told anyone where I searched other than someone whose job requires them to know. And I never plan to do so. Wait, so people are still searching for the treasure spot, even though the treasure is gone? Yes. That's interesting. People want to know if they were close to figuring this out. I've got to go see for myself. So wait, so Ryan Bavetta, the Google engineer, mm -hmm. is, is still searching, still using the poem, but he has other clues now i assume since it's been found yeah he feels like he's honed in on a location pretty well based on things that jack stoof has said now 
Um, because Jack Stoof has like done a couple more medium posts. He's answered some questions from people. But Ryan's also filed some FOIA reports to get more information, right? Yes, he has. I think what he got was emails between Yellowstone National Park officials, which confirmed that the treasure had been found in the park. Is that cheating or is that just like another angle, like a meta search? I don't think there's any cheating at this point if it's not there anymore. Right. You just want the answer. It's just bugging you. So it doesn't even matter what way you find out. You just need to know where this spot is. Totally. How many people are still searching for the treasure? I don't know. But a fair number, yeah. Maybe, Maybe the real treasure were the friendships these people made along the way. Now, that was the idea right. I was going for right. with this whole story. Really? Absolutely. Absolutely. I was making fun of you. No, really? Really. People found community. People really did make solid connections with each other just from these online forums where they were talking about the treasure. Yeah. I mean, there's stories of, like, guys who are now playing Dungeons & Dragons together after searching together. Oh, of course. Yep. These are my people. Yep. <laughs> Um, you know, Ryan Bavetta has since like linked up with other treasure hunters who are looking for other things. Um, and he's just realized that this is something he enjoys doing. What kind of treasure hunt has he moved on to? You know, what Ryan Bavetta moved on to recently is in San Francisco's Golden Gate Park. They think there's one of 12 ceramic boxes hidden in this park. Apparently there are 12 of them hidden across the U.S. from a writer named Byron Price. When Ryan Bavetta told me about this, he was like, you know about the price boxes. And I was like, no, I don't know about the price boxes. <laughs> you got your next story right there. You're gonna be, this is your beat for the rest of your life. Please, no. <laughs> Do you think you know where the treasure was hidden? I feel like... What's your best guess? Around Nine Mile Hole in Yellowstone Park. I think that's what everyone who has really been devoted to this has landed on. But how will the searchers ever know if they're right now that there's no X to mark the spot anymore? Yeah. I mean, my best guess is like someone has to kidnap Jack Stoof and force him to tell Let's them. Let's do it. Let's do it. That's <laughs> journalism. This is bullshit what we're doing. Let's just, that's what you do. You grab the guy. Yeah. It's the only option left. Let's at this do point. this. Okay. Okay. This is an adventure. Okay. The other, the other stuff, I'm hiking, I'm taking a boat out. That's not an adventure. Us finding Jack Stoof. <laughs> Tying them up and uh, and we make them talk. Okay. Uh, Let's do it. Okay. You can do it and I'll write about it. Ugh. Svati Kirsten Narula, you wrote, America's greatest hidden treasure was found. So why are people still looking for popular mechanics? And it's inspired me to uh, to commit crimes. So thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. In each of the 30 previous episodes of Story of the Week, I've dropped a clue that leads to a treasure. To find these clues, you'll probably have to download each episode several times. Giving each episode five stars unlocks further clues. I can't say more, but still, download this stuff again. Just do it. At the end of the show, what's next for Joel Stein? Maybe he'll take a nap or poke around online. Our show is produced by Joey Fishground and Nisha Venkut. It was edited by Lydia Jean Kopp. Our engineer is Amanda K. Wang, and our executive producer is Catherine Girardot. Our theme song was produced by Jonathan Colton. A special thanks to my voice coach, Vicki Merrick, and my consulting producer, Lauren Zelaznik. To find more Pushkin podcasts, listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Joel Stein, and this is Story of the Week. I don't own any chess. Do you own any chess? Mm, yes. You do? Yeah. What kind of chess do you own? Just a, a little wooden chess that I have sweaters and blankets in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, there are probably chests in my house. I have no idea. <laughs> That sounds familiar, like a thing of scarf somewhere. Yeah. You may be right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't buy any of this stuff. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.